0: It's one o'clock and time for the services from the Calvary Baptist Church of Gainesville. Now, Pastor Raymond Laddie. Turn women your, bi- your Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter five. I worked on that all week. Thanks for laughing. So Genesis chapter five. We're going to look at a man today that we have looked at before, but he is a, a type and a reminder of us of things to come. If you look around at what's going on in the world today, there's just, a, there's just a lot going on. The world has never been in great shape, but the condition of the world is continuing to fail. More wars and rumors of wars and all the things, of course, that Christ foretold just before his coming. His rapture would be a, a, might be a better term there, but just before his coming. And we're seeing all these things. We're seeing our nation you know, continuing to weaken. We're seeing other nations get more and more on a war footing. China and, and Russia, of course. Uh, Russia this past week converted most of their their uh, subway stations into nuclear fallout stations or uh, hideouts, uh, places people could go. Shelters, I guess you could say. They converted those to that. Why is that? Well, they they fully believe they're at war with NATO and. And in all actuality, we are at war with them right now in the West. Uh, Romania is about to get involved. Uh, their airspace has been violated here recently. Uh, every nation in the world pretty much is seeking F, uh, I believe it's F-35 bombers, F-16 and or F-35 bombers because they're nuclear capable. People are seeing the writing on the wall, so to speak. And I don't say all that to alarm anybody, it's just what's going on out there. There are more and more corporate bankruptcies going on in in this nation. Uh, just this past week, Rite Aid went under. Uh, also, here recently, Party City went over went under. Some pretty big, some pretty big names out there that are that the economy's not near as good <laughs> as they as they tell you it is, and I believe it's going to continue to worsen. They did right at the last minute of abro- avert. A government shutdown. I think last night. I hadn't heard the latest, latest, but I think old Biden signed it into law really late last night, just before midnight. So all that is, is shaping up for one reason. You know, China's. They're gonna. They're they're waiting for us to get to a point of weakness, and they'll go for Taiwan because they pretty much know now that we probably could not handle them very long in a full full scale battle. Uh, there's, there's a great, mi- there are great migrations of people going on all over the world. The Armenians are being uh, destroyed and they're fleeing by the hundreds of, of thousands. Uh, there's great migrations out of North Africa and the Middle East into Western Europe, that's been going on for six or seven years. Uh, we are witnessing an invasion right now at our southern border. I don't know if you've kept up with that, there's probably over 10,000 people crossing the border every day. They give them money, they give them a phone, and they turn them loose. There's some camps there. Um, there were photos this week where it looked like several drug cartels with body armor and AK-47s came into the country in ar hour 15s So it's to say that many of them are seeking a new life, and that's good. Many more, many of them are not. They're here to do to do damage. So I say all that to Point us to a man who was taken up into heaven, who was caught up in the air. That's what I want to talk about today. What's next on the prophetic uh, scheme of things? We don't know for sure, but we cannot forget to talk about the rapture. The rapture and the second coming are two different things. Uh, There's some, some nomenclature there that can be confusing, but to be raptured is an English word from the Greek meaning to be caught up into the air. <clears throat> if you look at, and I, ju- I just touched on the, the ice, tip of the iceberg of all the things that are going on in the world. There's great famine in Africa because the grain can't get out uh, of the Black Sea or out of the ports. Uh, Russia continues to attack those ports. World War Three will probably start in the Black Sea, either there or, uh, you know, in the Middle East somewhere, back to the west there. Uh, but all that's going on, there's just a lot of things that Jesus said would happen that we're seeing happen every day. Uh, You know, our government is is completely godless now. Our government is completely godless. We live in evil times. I I believe the local levels now are pretty much completely godless. There are a few good ones out there, but very, very few. We're living in a time of of, uh, challenge. We're living in a time of, of economic woes we're living in in these times and the reality of it is according to God's word you never make a lot of followers or friends when you say these things it's going to get worse Jesus said it would leading up to the time of his return his rapture Uh, and we're seeing the third temple they are ready to build that thing they are ready to build that third temple they've gotten the red heifers like back in the time of Moses, and they've made sure that every hair on those heifers is red. They've they're, they're going by all the old Levitical law and all the things that has to be done. The thing that's standing in the way is, is the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is Muslim. That could be the place where World War III starts. There'll be something down the line that will ignite them to really get serious about building this. It's, it's becoming more and more serious. Either they'll discover the Ark of the Covenant and it will be made known to the world, or there'll be some kind of a war uh, that will, you know, push the, the Muslims back. We don't know. Only God does. But we can know that Jesus is coming. is closer. And I've heard older people say, I've heard that all my life. I've heard that since I was a child. And, and, you know, my grandmother used to talk about it and all that. Well, things have accelerated in the past five years unlike they have in the past uh, 500 years. I'm talking quickly, quickly, birth pains. When a woman gives birth, those labor pains start slow, but then they, they intensify and they increase. They become more constant and more rapid. And that's how Jesus likened the, the rapture in the end of days the end of time and we picture you know missiles flying and all this stuff and that will happen one of these days it's already being prepared for but what's going to happen for the Christian first is if we do not die before like Enoch did not have to die physical death or Elijah we're going to look at Enoch we're going to be going about our lives one day we're going to be thinking about this and that or the other we're going to be in church we're going to be at work we're going to be at home in our bed we're going to be you know, on recreation somewhere, and then all of a sudden you're just going to disappear. You're just going to disappear. My glasses will be laying here, uh, probably my shoes and my clothes. If you have any pacemakers, they'll be left. If you have any artificial limbs or rods or screws or anything, they'll be left. You will be translated immediately in the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says, and be caught up in the heavens to meet with Jesus when he comes. That could happen any day. Don't forget that. We live in a day-to-day where there's so much deception. I read another article where in Australia they saw UFOs. Unidentified, unidentified, I can't say it, flying objects. Well, I'm looking up at the sky too, but I'm not looking for these deceptive UFOs and space junk flying around or, or, or angels of light masquerading or demons masquerading as angels of light. I'm looking up because Jesus said to look up and not be deceived in such a time. Look up because I'm coming. That's right on schedule. That's right on schedule. Don't, don't you think it's not? That's right on schedule. I don't care what, what they do to ban the Bible. I don't care what they do to ban the, the name of God in school. I don't care about any of that. It does not diminish Jesus. It never will. He's still the king. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he shall return soon. And what I my job is is to, not to scare you or not to cause you to be downcast, but remind you, Then this should make you happy, that there's a way out of this mess. Amen? There's a way out of this mess. And his name is Jesus. Can you imagine instantaneously being taken from perishable to imperishable and meeting with him? Can you imagine the graves opening up it says the dead in Christ shall rise first. This is all going to happen very quickly, then us. They get first, first rising, amen? Their bodies, well, they will come back together. Uh, people who are in urns and been cremated, 100% whole again. Isn't that amazing? DNA, particles that's been lost at sea or in the Twin Towers on 9-11 or whatever happened that were believers, all that put right back together again by God and his power. I want you to be ready for that. I don't, you know, there's going to be a great uh, deception. There already is going on. And if that happens this afternoon and a billion or more people disappear into thin air, caught up in the air, which is what rapture means that we read about in the books of Thessalonians, there's going to be, there's already a lot of alibis. First and foremost, and I've said this before, and you may think it's strange, the aliens have landed and abducted these Christians. People believe that stuff now. People believe that stuff. Um, you say, no, that's crazy. People yeah, they would. People believe anything. If you don't know whether or not you're a man or a woman, if, you th- if a man thinks he can have a child or whatever, then you'll believe those other things too, amen? If you don't believe the truth, you'll believe any lie. So we're going to look at Enoch today. All the way back in the early days, the very early days, the book of Genesis. You say, how can I learn more about this? Get in your Bible. Look up resources. One of the greatest Bible teachers of the end times is a pastor and a man named David Jeremiah. He's a great one. Uh, Hal Lindsey, Jonathan Kahn. they all have insight that's far greater than any insight that I have that God is using to say, I am coming. And he says, I'll come just when people think it's not going to happen. It's going to come at a time where people really are not expecting it. I believe that's on, a, uh, in, on many different levels there is what he's talking about. So Enoch was a man that lived in the ancient times, before the flood. He was the grandson of a man named Seth, who was Adam's third child. You remember Cain killed Abel? And then we have Seth. Seth was a godly man. Seth was a godly man, and... It says in verse 18, when Jared, this is going on down, when Jared had lived 162 years, this is what you call a genealogy. This is a family tree. He became the father of Enoch. And after he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years. Any of you here 800 years old? Okay, I think Dan's a few years shy of that. Maybe some of you other ones. People lived a long time. This was much more... uh, Closer to perfection, you might say, down the generations. God continued to limit the lifespans of men because iniquity and sin, he had to limit that, and he still does that now. Jared lived to be 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived 962 years, and then he died. I believe they aged much more slowly. I believe there was less... Probably DNA, uh, you know, compromises in their system. Uh, They just, you know, somebody like me, you know, being middle-aged would have been 400 years old or something like that. It's interesting to look at that. Who was the oldest man that we have record of? Yes. The next verse, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived for 365 years. Enoch walked with God, then he was no more. Tantalizing clues here, and the most tantalizing is is because it says, to finish out that verse, because God took him away. And some people say, well, that just means he died. No, I don't. If you go back and look at the history and the translations, he was... Taken to heaven without having to die, without having probably to suffer. Um, It's a type and a foreshadowing of what we call the rapture what is that is yet still to happen. Wouldn't that be something? On your worst day, you know, you're having a bad day and all of a sudden you're just taken up. You don't have to suffer with death and the pain and and the hurt that goes with it. Having to leave loved ones, wouldn't that be something to be caught up in the air? Wouldn't it be awful on the other spectrum to be left with no hope for that anymore? Knowing that you will perish not only physically, but you'll die a second death. You will perish spiritually. You will will be cast into hell. A lake of fire is what the Bible says tells us so it says Enoch walked with God what does that tell us he had faith Did he literally walk with God side by side like his great grandfather Adam did no he didn't not like that but he had faith and he trusted God and and during his time is he had a faith for his time that was acceptable to God in all those years I guess he heard stories passed down and maybe ancient writings and he read about God and, and uh, you know, he, he had a family lineage if you, th- if you think about it going back to his great grandparents or grandparents there that they, they were perfect. And he saw a contrast there too, I believe and heard the stories of perfection versus sin. Of eternal life, living physically forever and in imperfection and the stench and the terrible decay of death. So he decided, after he saw sin and saw what it done to his family, you know, some great uncles killed each other there, and he saw murders, and he saw small wars, and he saw all those things. He, when he saw that contrast, and this was also a, a legacy within this line here down from Seth. By the way, he was the grandfather, I think, of Noah. It says he walked with God. He saw that God's way was the best way. And he had a a much more graphic realization of that I think than we do today. I mean we're so far down the generations in sin, although God has done great things, most importantly sent Jesus to ultimately die for for sin and to give his life and to be resurrecting, defeating the grave for those who would believe allowing them to be raptured when that time comes if they have believed that his death and resurrection was for him. You see, he had that contrast that we don't have of perfection, I think, more understood, and the terrible, you know, opposite, which is sin. He walked with God. Isn't it better, those of you that have lived a longer time, even though we're all sinners, even you younger ones, isn't it better to do things god's way isn't it better to do things god's way yes it is i mean we know that we've experienced that when you have faith in him have you ever had a time in your life when you exercise faith that god failed to come through in one way or the other maybe in a way greater than you expected maybe in a way that was a little different than you expected but was the best way anybody ever had him fail you Now, well, you're not going to admit that because he hadn't failed you. Maybe your faith was not as strong as it ought to be. You see, he doesn't fail those who trust him. Enoch knew that. He walked with him. And then one day at 365 years old, that's the number of days in our calendar year, the Gregorian calendar, he was just taken up into heaven. God was honoring him. But God was also showing us something that are, that's living in a time to where the greatest disappearance will happen at the time of the rapture, being caught up in the air. You see, Enoch had faith, and that's what pleases God. Enoch trusted and loved God. He was not perfect. He was a sinful man, but he trusted and loved God, and that was the key for him. That's the key for us. To be able to enter heaven. I tell you, this rapture thing, this being caught up in the air, and a lot of people say, well, it doesn't mean what it says it means. It's not being caught up in the air. That's exactly what it is. That's the naysayers. That's the the modern-day Gnostics. They say it just means to be destroyed. That's the modern-day Gnostics and all these other people that believe in the things that are not of God and His word and His theology. Raptured means gone. What the Bible say, one woman at the mill or the grinding wheel and another one and one of them disappears. One man, two men in the field working, one's automatically gone. Jesus said, when you see all these things happening, I think he is is reminding us and encouraging us. I, I know that Enoch had to do this too, to fight through And renew our minds every day. To renew our minds every day. And to realize and to remind ourselves and to get into God's word. That God's word is true. That Jesus' coming is imminent and it's sure to happen. And it's a great thing for those that believe. But it's a horrible time and day for those who are unbelieving. You see... I think that's why we're seeing so much chaos on every level now is because Satan's doing all he can to deceive and to blind as many as possible so that they go with him, so they, they, they become his possession and not God's. Enoch walked with God and then was no more because God took him away. I want to go all the way over to the other end of the Bible, to the book of Jude second to the last book what's the last book of the bible that's right revelation where god said this is what's happening this is what will happen this is what you need to do god has not left us unaware god has not left us here wondering he has given us his word he has revealed himself to us let us know that he loves us and says this is what to do to get ready i want you to love me i want you to see that my way is the best way i want you to know how much how valuable you are to me. He don't care about your money. He don't care about your fame. He wants your faith. He wants your love and your admiration. He wants you to walk with him every day. He wants you to stand up for those issues that are tough, but stand on the issues that are pro-God, that are pro-life, that are pro-people, to stand on the word of, of God in Christ. Verse 14 of jude enoch the seventh from adam the seventh from adam i was wrong on that he's seven generations down prophesied about these men see the lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they have done in the ungodly way and all of the harsh words Ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These men are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. We see here that Enoch was shown things, I believe, in his time. Maybe as he was taken up, he was shown things about the future that I don't think was given to many other people at that time, maybe only him. He wrote that there's a book of Enoch, which is not canonized. It would be in the Apocrypha. So we don't give it as much credit as we do the 66 canonized uh, books of the Bible, words of God. But Enoch saw what I think he saw. I want to I explain the difference to you. We say the second coming of Jesus. Well, that's going to be seven years After the rapture, the next thing is the rapture being caught up in the air. Then that's going to begin the great tribulation. Now, the first three and a half years of it are going to be peaceful. There are going to be peace treaties set up. There's a man going to come on the scene called the Antichrist. He's going to be the most charismatic man that ever walked and ever lived. He's going to be a deceiver. He's going to be evil. He's going to be Satan's attempt to thwart all the efforts... Of God through Jesus for the redemption of the world. And he's going to go to this temple. And he's going to sign. He's going to, he's going to do things in the temple that are so anti-God and so terrible to the Jewish people and to God's way. It's called the abomination of uh, desolation. He's going to set himself up as God. And then the second three and a half years of that seven years. Just making this kind of simple. It's going to be a time of unbelievable judgment, warfare, famine, pestilence. We read about the four horsemen. Some people say they are riding. I, you know, that's a euphemism. Uh, we're seeing the, the the beginnings of this. This tribulation could start very quickly. There are people who say, well, we won't be raptured until the, the middle part of the tribulation. They're mid-tribbers. My, the Bible is very clear, I believe that it will be a pre-tribulation rapture. And then there are some people that say, well, we'll be raptured at the end of that seven years. They're post-tribbers. Well, what's going to happen is, Jesus is just going to appear in the sky. We're going to be immediately raptured. The dead in Christ will rise. We're going to all go with him to heaven, but we're not done. When these things are accomplished in seven years, we're coming back with him. And he's not going to be the meek uh, the meek Jewish man, carpenter, poor carpenter that rides in on a donkey. We're coming back with him and he's going to be on a white horse with a sword and he's going to judge. He's going to be meaning business. He's going to go down and there's going to be Armageddon. He's going to defeat the armies of the world. It says the blood will or be as deep as the horse's bridle, Uh, everything of men is going to be thrown toward him, and he's going to demolish them all. He will reign. He's the Lord of lords. He's the king of kings. He'll be the great warrior there. Enoch saw this when he said here, I see the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones. Who are the holy ones? Those of you who are sitting here. You're in this army. Those of you who are sitting here who have made Jesus Your savior by your faith. Coming to the end of yourself. Repenting of your sins. And saying Jesus I trust you and I believe you. Here I am. Save me and he will. You're enlisting in that army. You're enlisting in that army. There ain't no drones going to be able to outdo him. There ain't going to be no ballistic missiles going to be able to take him down in his army. Because they're going to be clothed in white. Righteous white garments. Exactly. Exactly. And everyone will know who he is. Everyone will know who he is and what his business is. You know, we live in a day-to-day. I don't know if you keep up with all this AI stuff. I see more and more headlines today from football predictions to, um, you know, banking stock predictions, how to buy stocks, which I wouldn't do that anymore if I were you, um, that AI is involved in. AI, I read, a, I read a thing last night when Georgia played Auburn that AI had put in all the information, the best running backs, the quarterback, the records, all everything, put it all together and thought up who the winner would be. Okay? It's pretty accurate. Scary. AI is being used to uh, artificial intelligence. AI is being used for that all the way up to making food to you name it. AI is... The new kid on the block. In other words, let me me rephrase that. Artificial intelligence is the new god on the block. People worship this stuff, okay? And there's going to be some benefit to it, but there's going to be a lot more negativity to it. I believe the Antichrist will use it. The image of the beast, the image of the beast, I believe. We're going to see things in the next days that's going to boggle our mind. They're testing chips Right now, Elon Musk, who I think is a very evil man, yet brilliant, is testing chips. It's called transhumanism. I'm a human. Uh, His company, uh, whatever you call it, I forgot the name of it, his company, we're going to get to a point where they can give a chip. I don't know where they would put it. Uh, And they would, you would be able to become transhuman. In other words, it would help you with your weaknesses. Take God out of the equation. All this is about is taking God out of the equation and saying that man can do it. What did Satan say to Adam and Eve, the serpent, so beautiful that deceived them? Take God out of the picture. You can be God. You can do this. Sin blasted on the scene because God said, Oh, wait a minute. I told you not to do one thing. And as human beings do, what do we do? We ran and did it. Adam and Eve ran and did it. We're about to see digital currency. That's that's on the horizon. You're seeing the dollar fail. You're seeing oil go through the roof. You're seeing, um, you know, banks. More and more banks are getting weaker, and they're going to close up. They're going to they're going to unveil a digital currency. Now, I'm not saying it the very onset is necessarily going to be bad, but the beast system, the antichrist system, will seize upon that when Christians are gone and use it. And you will not be able to buy, sell, go to Kroger or whoever the grocery store is at that point, the market, without you have the mark of the beast. It'll be a chip implanted? It could be. Probably will be something along those lines. All of this stuff is right on schedule because what God said through Enoch and through old preachers that I've heard years ago that are no longer with us, is what is exactly happening and what is exactly going to happen. So our job is to see these things, believe these things, allow the Holy Spirit to point you in the right direction, and get right. Ask Jesus to be your Savior. Allow Him to deal with your sins, to anoint those sins, to cover him with his blood, and you'll be made white as snow. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. Welcome to the